Hello. Hi, Pat. Hi. Welcome. Welcome, people. Welcome to welcome back to the back to the podcast. We're here. It's Thursday. It is Thursday. Thursday is the the best day of the week because we play we play basketball on Thursdays. Well, we haven't for the last couple of weeks, but yeah. we're we're doing back it. Back at it. We're, we're back, back at, at it. it. <laughs> and it's the weather's still nice. And yeah. Wow. Who Beautiful. Is? Last yeah. month at home, you know, it's just it's yeah. Kind of uh, things are, things guess are what? What we have a we have a friend right here. Ken, say hi. Hello, hello. There. He's Whoa. not. Be, he's not on. This is he's Ken's first first time on the on the podcast. He's though. not going to be on the podcast. Well, I guess technically now he is, but he's <laughs> waiting to drive me home because <laughs> I don't have a car. <laughs> um, so this this week we have our friend Cam from uh, the Chain Gang of 1974. That's one of his bands. And his other band is called Teenage Wrist. Yes. And, and we, they put uh, a record out on Friday. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow, yes. Or if you're listening to this late, then it's out. It's called Chrome Neon Jesus, and it's awesome. It's very cool. So go uh, go and listen to it. Go listen and, go and buy, buy it. it. Yeah. Uh, good talk. Yeah. We, we get into all sorts of stuff. We've known him for a long time, so. Yeah, we talk about uh, early days of us going on tour together. That, that was really like our first time doing like a uh, a big tour that we were kind of headlining part of mm-hmm. um and we had some interesting ex- experiences on it I, I i i believe we we talk about how um it was it was with 303 and we got booed um quite a bit on that on that <laughs> tour and stuff like that i i don't i don't remember if we get into it in the talk but that uh did happen yeah and then um, we talk about uh the struggles of being a slightly you have a big song but Record labels don't want to help you out too yeah. much. <laughs> we get into lots of cool stuff, so yeah. Uh, not so, that that's cool, but yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, oh yeah, Warp Tour tickets go on sale today. So get get your tickets to come and watch us play one last time for the year. Yeah, on the Warp Tour, um, and then uh, yeah, uh, in a couple of weeks, fry your brain with the main. We're going on tour. Yep. Um, so you get those those tickets as, as well. And um, yeah, thank you, thank you for for listening. Uh, we won't uh, make this intro too long because we have we have an hour chat to get to. So have fun with it. Enjoy it later. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming. So what? We we met you. I guess the first time would have been in uh, Dallas. At yeah. Two thousand eight uh, or no two thousand nine. Sorry. Uh, House of Blues. House of Blues. And AP tour. Y- you guys got to that first show like really late, I think. Or no. Maybe Adam got there later. I don't know. There, there was there was oh, some like Adam weird was thing. <laughs> he was yeah. sleeping. It, it, I don't know <laughs> if it was that show. It may have been the Phoenix show. Honestly, at the marquee, I think we were like five minutes from going on stage when we realized Adam wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> and I ran to the bus and opened up his bunk curtain, and he was sleeping. <laughs> oh my god he was just in his underwear sleeping and i'm like shaking i'm like you gotta get up <laughs> he's like i'm like we're playing in five minutes he's like i'll be there and he just like showed up literally a minute before and we just walked on stage have you ever slept right before set no it's the worst i did it one time and you feel fucking crazy i don't take naps either did i know i hate naps. i don't do naps in my life i, I was d- like sick and i napped and then like i woke up like it was like i still had like an hour before but you i was just in this weird like <laughs> how long of a nap was it i don't i don't remember it depends i, I just if remember it's a cat nap if it's like 15 minutes i can pull it off yeah yeah if it's anything more than like 20 minutes can you swear on this yeah, yeah. you're fucked yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can say whatever the hell I you swear want. a lot. So yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I noticed after this that I do swear quite a bit. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to listen back to yourself oh, talking and all the dumb shit you say. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I listen to these, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was that the uh, was that the first time that you'd been on a tour, like a big tour, like on a bus? Yeah. and? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was... Uh, for, well, it was actually the year prior, so to kind of give the background... Um, Sean and Nat were big supporters of Chain Gang, like back in the day, oh, okay. like early years, um, and it all 
I, yeah, okay. I'll give you the full rundown of it. Yeah. I had met Sean in like the end of 2006 or something like that. And um, it was like an early Chain Gang show. Maybe like end of 2007. I don't know. But no, it was my old band. Hold on. I already fucked the story. <laughs> I met him. It was my, my old band's last show or something like that. I briefly met him. Like, oh, it's a guy from 303. And they were kind of just starting to become like the local heroes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Chain Gang started playing. I noticed they were playing uh, a show at the Marquee Theater in Denver, mm-hmm. and it was like sold out. This is like when 303, it was like, it was just starting. So everyone was like freaking out about this. And I emailed them on MySpace. I was just like, hey, what's up? Like, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm playing some new music. I would love to play the show with you guys. I noticed there's like a to be announced opener. And like, they, and I remember on MySpace, it would show if the message had been read or not. Yeah, yeah. So I saw it was red for like two days. I'm like, oh Fuck shit! It out. Um, and then I fi- I got an email back, and it just, like the response was just like, "You're exactly what the motherfucking three hundred three doctor ordered. <laughs> like <laughs> you're on the show." I was like, "Fuck yeah! What a good response!" Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And, lo- and basically, long story short, that started it. So from there, they took. I would just constantly open, and at the time, Chain Gang was very oriented in that kind of. I guess that scene in a way. Mm-hmm. It was more just like aggressive, like electronic punky kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I would just, I would always get calls from them. Hey, we're playing the, you know, Fox Theater. It's sold out. You want to open? Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and then it finally was like, hey, we're doing the MySpace music tour. This was 2008. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we want you to come support. We'll put you on our bus. Like, let's do it. Sweet. Yeah, it was great. And then after that ended, it was like two months later. Mike Kaminsky called me and was like, hey, they're going to have a live band. Do you want to start playing bass and like keys and stuff? So I did. And that's how I met you guys. Yeah. yeah. That, that was a crazy, that was a crazy tour. It was, a, to this it day, was, still the funnest tour of my life. It was, it was so I mean, fun. Every single show was huge. I think every everyone saw, uh, sold out except for one show. Was it yeah. Cleveland show? Uh, no, it was uh, Las Vegas. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Vegas is always weird. Yeah. yeah. It's always pretty but, weird. I mean, what a time! Like, what a weird time! It, it 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 just it just felt like um, everything was happening. I mean, literally. I mean, for you, like, w- what was it like to be in three hundred three while they were just exploding? I mean, literally on that tour, it, it was, was it was insane. it was happening. Yeah, it was absolutely insane. And of course, you know, I think, and the whole time I was active with with Chain Gang and making my own music, so I knew my yeah. role. Yeah. You know, and I think it's it's important to know your role in situations like that. So I think from there, it even made it extra special because I was able to kind of like step back and really observe yeah. and like mm-hmm. see what, you know, they were experiencing and going through. And it was very special. Um, but it was, yeah, it was really cool to kind of be there for the moment when, you know, Don't Trust Me went platinum. That was on I the remember, AP tour I remember in St. Yeah. Louis. Yeah. yeah, I fucking remember that. And the strip yeah. clubs. I didn't go to the strip clubs, but I- we, I didn't either. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, t- I don't think I was allowed. I, I was uh, old enough to. You probably I, uh, was like, I uh, went yeah. there, but uh, j- j- just to just to get some some food, you, got a you steak. know, <laughs> just just to I get their steak. steak is yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it was really cool. Yeah, you know, from that and then seeing the world. You know, we went to the UK numerous times, went to Japan a couple of times. Um, I mean, what you guys did a tour with Katy Perry in in I, the so UK, was, or was that so? Was that bef- that before? was I think before oh, they okay. started having the live band. Um, but no, you know, it was it was such an amazing opportunity that I hold so close and dear to my heart. It taught me so much about basically how to tour mm-hmm. and how to tour at a larger level and understand like larger venues and you know how production will work and. I think that stuff is extremely valuable and you know now being I guess you can I the I guess I still don't tour like I don't tour like you guys yeah. that's definitely that's obvious but I do feel seasoned and I can go into these situations yeah. now understanding you know I guess what needs, yeah, what needs yeah. to be done what yeah. needs to happen and but um yeah I always look back in those times they were phenomenal they were amazing and the cool part is that so I like officially left in 2010 because that's when Chang Gang got signed. I, I remember mm-hmm. when you you were like, "I'm not doing it anymore." Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? And they were still like, 
killing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Things were going really well, and you know, and I, I, think I my guess last... I didn't know. I didn't know Chain Gang, so I was like, "What are you gonna leave right now?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm. I'm in a way kind of. I'm not private about what I do, but I'm. Not, I don't tell people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even to this day, as yeah, it's weird, and maybe that's. I mean, that's why not a lot of people know about Ching. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't I don't like when someone's like, Oh, you're in a band, what do you do? I'm like, ah oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, I play in a band. Yeah, I guess there there always is that like kinda uncom you kinda don't want to talk like yeah. you're in an Uber and they're like, What do you do? And you're like, oh, I'm just in a band and you just some, sometimes I just don't even say it. Yeah. Well just because you 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 know where the conversation's gonna go and like the questions that are going to be asked it's like very like a uh, predictable and like a hey, 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 yeah are, are like you guys time. you guys on youtube yeah it's, it's like, always that. are Why you guys YouTube? on youtube it's always youtube Why the hell yeah. are YouTube? it's like i don't fucking listen to youtube what <laughs> YouTube videos it's dog. always youtube yeah, yeah. It's are funny. you on itunes yeah. nah but um, it's funny when you say that you are. They always like. They always go like, "Oh, then you must be a big deal." Yeah, you know that you're like, like Yo, anyone could be on YouTube. Yeah. Now. <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> did um, did the touring with with three hundred three? You think um, and seeing this this the success that they had, did that like, kind of start a fire in in you to like want to do that on your own? Like, did they, did that cause you to like maybe? rethink what what you were doing with with your career and be like all right this is this is going to be the time that I do it for my for myself yes and no yes in the sense that i was able to witness what it's like to kind of like you know quote unquote make it mm-hmm. um and you know even before, you know chain gang started Changing's been around for a long time. It started yeah. in I mean, I, rem- so I remember for a while. Hear- hearing about you in 2007. We played a show in Colorado S- Springs at like this 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 church. Um, the main did? Yeah. Colorado Springs w- w- with uh, Brighton. It-, it was it was with Brighton and the promoter. Oh, w- Josh Martin. Yeah. Dude, and yes. <laughs> he, he, and like holy shit, and this um, is wild that this conversation just went back to this. He yeah. was he he was wearing a, sh- a shirt. Okay. He was yeah. wearing a ch- a, a, Man, a, a, ch- a chain gang shirt. Those chain gang shirts were killing it in yeah. Colorado. Yeah, <laughs> I knew I made it in a sense when I walked into Buffalo Exchange and saw one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh shit. <laughs> what was on the shirt? Because it it, it, it it was like it was, something that I remember the, seeing a lot. It was at the uh, time when like. You know the uh, the kind of like new French electro movement was happening, and all the merch was very like block letters, but, like covering yeah. big huge, you know, huge text. Yeah. I think we so, started ripping that off at one point. It just everyone yeah. was doing that, yeah. and like I yeah. I was really into kind of like nylon magazine and and looking at it was kind of like the beginning of the um, kind of like party photographer, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that was like the start of that kind of thing, like hitting the internet in a way, and like. You know, the Cobra Snake was a huge thing, and like Misshapes in New York was a huge thing. And I would just like look at these websites, and yeah. it would just be people hanging out at a bar. But it was like, oh, cool! Like this person's wearing something that's really fucking rad. And yeah, yeah, I started learning all that shit from that. But yeah. then I was like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna put it on the merch. Yeah, and it worked because yeah. <laughs> I would play these like shows at that in Colorado Springs yeah. at, the, at, uh, at the Element. That's what it was called. Yeah, yeah. It was like a basement of a church. Yeah. And this was a day when it was just. I would play with an iPad or an iPod. iPads didn't exist back yeah. then. <laughs> it was an iPod. And, um, wow. Yeah. I would just like kill it. It would, I would like leave with like five, $600 in merch. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I, I was what, 23, I think. I think I was still living with my parents. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. I like, just come home from a night in Colorado Springs <laughs> with like 900 bucks in my pocket. Yeah. Like, yeah. This rules. Yeah. But yeah. Those things sold. What, uh, crazy. What made you go to LA? Um, so I never felt connected in Colorado Mm -hmm. and I've gotten shit for saying this and it's no disrespect to Colorado. It just, it didn't, it didn't hit my soul, plain Mm -hmm. and simple. I need a certain energy around me at all times. I feel that I, 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 I don't know. It just, it didn't work for me. It wasn't music. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like to, well, it was, it was, do the LA thing. So 
to you know, it's starting Colorado. I'm extremely grateful for everything like Colorado and the surrounding areas did give me. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with knowledge and especially with a good scene to grow up with. You know, we had the venues. Every tour, for the most part, hit Denver. Yep. So I was able to go to shows at, at a young age. And, you know, I grew up in Hawaii. So, and I moved to Denver when I was 13. So, you know, it's you, like airborne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like airborne. It was like Johnny Tsunami. It was like yeah. surfing. But it was like, you, snow. You, didn't, you didn't get anything in Hawaii. Like, yeah. I mean, I oh, true, I remember yeah. watching yeah. TV and be like, God, I wonder what it's like in the mainland. Like, I wonder what a mall is like. You yeah. know, it was, it, it was that separated. Yeah. Um, and so being in Denver and getting there at age 13, it was kind of just like, here you go. Like, everything you need is here. Like, you can buy band merch by walking into a store. Mm-hmm. You can buy CDs. You can, I mean, these simple things that yeah. to, to me and like my brother's were really new mm-hmm. um, especially concert venues and having tours hit because the only tours that would ever hit hawaii they would hit oahu and i lived in the big island so like oh, they just okay. didn't work like yeah you know when blink 182 was touring off dude ranch i wanted to go but they would only play a show on oahu like they wouldn't come to the yeah. big island so but um yeah so i got to see a lot of shows it shaped me it molded me um and i'm grateful for that and that i hold dear in my heart musically I wasn't inspired. It didn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. I always felt like the black sheep. I always felt like I didn't fit. I didn't belong with the kind of music I wanted to create. Yeah. Um, so I always knew that Southern California was a place for me. It was just plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I moved when I finally signed the record deal in 2010. Okay. It was like I got the tiniest advance, enough to pay rent for like a couple of months. I was like, I'm out. And yeah. I left. And I moved out there with Isom, who I did the first two records with. Yeah. And yeah. How could I feel like pretty quick after that you would have got the 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 video game. Oh, the Mm. Grand Theft Auto. Was that pretty quick after? That was that what? No, that that was like 2013, maybe. So, because I but I thought I thought it happened. I think way before you. It happened like. Okay, so I moved out to LA January fourth, two thousand eleven. Hmm. Um. It was like around the Wayward Fire. Like Wayward Fire was coming out. Yeah. So yeah. I Wayward Fire came out. I started touring. Cycle ended. Okay, so actually on that cycle, we played Lollapalooza. And I was hanging out at uh, the Windish party. And um, some dude just like comes up to me and he's like, hey, like you're, you know, your comm team from Chain Gang. I was like, yeah, yeah, what's up? I thought he was just like a fan. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Tony. I work at Rockstar Games. Um, we love your band. Like we have, we have, we're working on a game. I can't tell you anything about it, but we would love to have you involved in some. I was like, cool. So he just gave me his card, and I gave it to management. And months went by. It was just like you know, but then they finally hit me up. They're like, hey, we're in, we're in LA, like we're at the Roosevelt, which I live close to. So I went down there. We just sat by the pool. They're like, we're doing Grand Theft Auto Five. We we want you to write a song for it. I was like, sweet, where well, I already have a couple of ideas. Like, so I started playing them stuff, and they were drawn to Lolo Suzanne initially, mm-hmm. like over Sleepwalking, which was very funny. Yeah. Huh. So like, I had, prior to going to, to record Daydream, I just had a few ideas, but Lola and Sleepwalking were two of those. And um, I sent them, I'm pretty sure they were like on Lola for a while. Like Sleepwalking wasn't even in the picture. Yeah. And then... Um, sleepwalking was 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 done. It kind of came back. They were like, "Yo, we're gonna go with sleepwalking." I was like, "Awesome!" And then it was no joke. A week before the commercial came out, it was very much. I think I was getting new tires in the van on the tour van, and management called. They're like, "Hey, got some big news." Yeah, they're like, "They want the song in the commercial. They want the song as the main song for the game." Here you go. And it was yeah, that was it. Because cool. didn't didn't you put the song out as a demo like yeah, before or I, like it, th- th- there was like a a, a, a leak? It was like there, a leak. Yeah, and to be totally honest, to clear that you, that you, leak you, was fabricated. You did it on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the leak was fake. I just wanted yeah. the music out, and like I kind of didn't want to deal with Warner Brothers and their bullshit, uh-huh. yeah. which you guys are very familiar yeah. with. <laughs> oh, we can get into yeah, that. yeah, we can definitely get into that. Um, so I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just, let's just leak let's leak a song, but it came out to bite me in the ass when the, the GTA thing happened because they're like, "Yo, people already there's a song out." It. So like, I basically had to like call my lawyer and be like, "You guys got to like get this thing off." So they yeah. did. They were they were good about it. Um, 
I did offend one person. <laughs> this is funny. Because the, the person I set up, like, the fake leak with, they were, like, this blog. They were friends of mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but my lawyer like, yeah, there's still some people to have it up. We'll get it down. I was like, cool, yeah, go for it. And they, like, aggressively went to my friends. Oh, were God. Like, you better take this down now. And they hit me up, like, dude, what the fuck? Like, I thought – you. I was like, <laughs> I didn't know it was you. Told, you, you, to you. Yeah. you told us <laughs> yeah. to do this. Exactly. So, um, yeah. Did you uh, – when when you got the game or when you yeah when you when you got this song in the game did it did it feel as if anything was possible like because I mean it's it's one of those things you know you you see like when Phoenix got a big sink or you know a lot of bands get big commercials and it really takes them to a whole new level and kind of um op- opens up the gates for for what's possible. Did you feel like very optimistic at the at the time? Oh, yeah. Like this was my moment. This was yes, one hundred percent. It was extremely exciting. I don't look at it as like a first of all, it wasn't a hit, so I don't look at it as like a one hit wonder situation. But even using that term, mm-hmm. it wasn't because it led people to really explore Daydream Forever and like. It's great because people come to me like, "Hey, Sleepwalking is not my favorite song on this record." And I'm like, yeah. "Fuck yeah, I like yeah. it." With that being said, that's actually my favorite too. (laughs) With that being said, um, yes, I did feel like anything was possible. But going back to the Warner Brothers situation, that was the start of the end. Mm -hmm. Like, what the fuck happened? Who dropped the ball on that? Where you had one of the biggest opportunities, like... That's uh, tra- look, look at the end of the day. Why not I go to radio right away? They're a trash label. If you look yeah. at Warner Brothers and you look at what they're trying to do, I think during the however many years, like two or three years, I was actually like properly signed to Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. I think they had three presidents. Yeah. So look at look at it like this way. It's just it's a crumbling empire because once you get a president, they're going to have an ego mm-hmm. and they're going to have certain things that they want done and they want it done in a certain way. So when they're implementing that for a year, you're finally going to start seeing some structure. And then when and then they it say, changes. fuck it, I'm out, yeah. you get a new person. It's just, it's Same a tangled thing. mess. Um, it's so fucking So I crazy. signed to Modern Art Records, Ben Collins, Phoenix yeah, yeah. Boy, yeah. shout out to that. Um, signed to Modern Art. So what happened was I got signed. I got hit up by this guy, Kevin Kusatsu, who's one of my managers now. He, mm-hmm. He's one of the CEOs at Teamwork Management. Um, he was at Warner at the time doing A&R and Andrew McGinnis, one of my other managers had like, and this was, this was weird because it was like, I was on tour with 303. It was just like, I was out doing my thing, mm. but I had made this album called white guts. That was kind of just like, it was like a record I'd been working on for like a couple of years. I pressed it myself, you know, made, got CDs made, did my thing. Um, and about a couple of weeks after Kevin hit me up, it was like, yo, I love this. I'm flying to LA or I'm flying to Denver. Mm-hmm. I was like, or he, actually he, he emailed me. He was like, can you call me? He just out of the blue. And it said like the signature was like Warner brothers records. Like, mm-hmm. Holy shit. <laughs> so I called him. He's like, listen, I don't have much time. I think what you're doing is fucking great. I'm, I see you're playing a show in a week. I'm flying out to Colorado. Like I want to see you play. Yeah. So Chang Gang was opening for three Oh three at like some college show in Colorado Springs. Weirdly, it's always Colorado Springs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, he missed the show because his flight was delayed. But being the fucking rad dude he is, he still drove down to Colorado Springs from Denver, which is long. It's like an hour. Yeah. Um, and he missed the show, but he hung out. We drove back to Denver that night and went to this place, this diner, and sat down at like one in the morning. He's like, listen, I want to sign you right now. Like, I have a plan. Let's put it out through Modern Art Records first. And if things go well, we'll bump you to Warner. I was like, yeah, fucking awesome. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. So it was great. So that got my relationship with Ben Collins at Modern Art. And that was an amazing, just like the perfect like indie label experience, you know, just really yeah. good. And that's what Wayward Fire came out. And then Daydream, once I had played him, I initially played him some songs that never saw the light of day. And he called, he kind of called my bullshit. He's like, this is not you. You're trying so fucking hard to be something else. Like, <laughs> that's not why I signed you. Go back. Mm-hmm. And I, at the time, I was so pissed. If you listen to these songs, it's they're horrible. <laughs> like, I literally sound so bad. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> So I finally kind of like slapped myself in the face, realized that things kind of come back full circle. I only started listening to like 
emo and hardcore and pop punk again, and it weirdly yeah. influenced what Daydream was. So I started huh. writing a couple of these demos, then he's like, you got it. Yeah. Like, we're upstreaming you to Warner. So that's when the excitement came in. Everything was amazing. Everyone was pumped up. Because yeah. th- there's, there's something so special about that feeling of, you know, you're on a record label with all these people that have worked with bands that have gone on to do Dude, these 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 yeah. massive things yeah. and iconic bands yeah a label like warner brothers yeah. when you look yeah. at that roster you're and like, like i'm up. part of this like yeah. for us it felt as if i mean we believed that we were going to be the next mm-hmm. little tom petty mm-hmm. like we were going to be ins- insanely huge yeah. and and it is a bad thing in this in this sense that you kind of build up this hope and then any thing that happens your expectations aren't going to be met because your expectations are so high but it also kind of like inspires you to maybe do better things and to work work harder because you feel like it's actually possible you know um i remember you know when we were on 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 warner and making a record and putting out it's like i mean i i i was convinced and how old were you when that happened Tw- we were tw- twenty. Uh, 19, 20. Yeah, that's twenty. Fucking young. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. To be on a major label at that age, yeah. like I was twenty, I was twenty-seven. I think yeah. when I got upstreamed. You know yeah. what I mean? So it was like I was older. I already kind of knew that like life isn't that great at times. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We did not know that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that came with a big fucking money fist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But so were were you like? Did you instantly know kind of a couple like months into the camp campaign on the, on the song that like they were not doing what well, you was, had thought okay, so what you had thought they were doing because there there's always these like I feel like what they're what what they what they do is they go like oh just wait for this it's going to come we're going to just gonna just wait wait till we put the video out then the radio is going to happen wait till we get the tour and then the radio is going to happen it's it's always like you're like waiting for the thing and they always have a, a new carrot to dangle in front of your face oh, yeah. to keep you excited and to keep them from having to actually do any work mm-hmm. it's it's mind-blowing it's and i think you know us growing up in the kind of like the punk scene, yeah. like yeah. we always heard the stories of like, totally fuck the man, the major yeah. system yeah. sucks, <laughs> and then like we finally got to experience it. But we all came out of it, mm-hmm. especially yeah. you guys. I yeah. always I speak so highly of how you guys were able to turn an awful situation into something that's. I mean, fuck, look at this. Like, you guys have really created something, and you 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 took the darkness, you beat the fuck out of it. <laughs> And you turn into like this beautiful bright light, and mm-hmm. like I know that sounds cheesy, but it's inspiring. And I've always looked yeah. at that. And um, to go to go back to your question, it basically look at the end of the day. I think there were some really good people there, and some champions there for the record. People yeah. who came to me who were like, who have been working at Warner since like the '90s, and like they were like, "Look, we are so happy that we have this record mm-hmm. here." Like. I just want, you know, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure this is important. You know, like those yeah. rad yeah. fucking people. No, there, yeah. there, was, there, there was that for us, yeah, too. they're definitely yeah. the champions. Yeah. But, but I, they don't make the rules. They don't make the rules. <laughs> and they don't call the shots. Yeah. And, um, it just, you know, my, my A&R guy, I'm still friends with him. He's a great dude. Um, you know, it just it just didn't work. It They didn't know. They didn't know what I cared about in a way like I, mm-hmm. I was very passionate about daydream it was a full it was a full thing in my head and, and aesthetically was extremely important and, it and just, it's, it's it's an incredible record thank you I'm, mm-hmm. I, I can I can say that too without feeling conceited like I love that record like so it, much. Th- there's you know I don't know there, there there's certain records and I I, I I like all all the all of your different bands all of your records but that record in particular I feel like stands kind of on its own as like this like special moment in time that like you were you were able to capture and well yeah it was the first time ever I was able to figure out because Wayward Fire was a Frankenstein album because it was but it sounds like it yeah it sounds like a Frankenstein record which is why like Mm -hmm. I mean there's some songs on that record that I do love and Mm there's some songs that I never want to hear again for the rest (laughs) of my life that I'll never play again Mm -hmm. but Daydream was that thing when it was just like hey like let's do this and it was it worked because 
I had just started surfing and that was like a huge, huge, huge inspiration in my life. Like crazy influence just on everything, the way I look at life. Warner initially wanted to send me to London for like a few weeks to go do the record, which was like, that's like the dream. Mm-hmm. And especially for someone like me who like grew up on Brit rock and like Brit pop. Mm-hmm. I love that stuff, but I didn't want to leave the water. Yeah. So I came up, I talked to Isom. I was like, let's pitch this idea. Let's just get a house in Malibu up in the hills. We have all the gear. Yeah. Let's just do it and see if they let us do it. And they said, yes. So we lived in Malibu for four weeks, which that helped create everything just worked. It was one of those yeah. things like, mm. If there, and, were, if there were mistakes on the record, we kept it. If you could hear like the piano well, the, the, pedal on the start, record, but it we starts left. with yeah. a mistake. It starts with a mistake, and it's incredible. And that was yeah. due to painkillers because I cracked my ribs skateboarding. <laughs> so like, but yeah, like there were those beautiful aspects of the record that I don't think the people at Warner understood. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I'm rambling. But to go to the sleepwalking thing, we got the sink, biggest sink of the year. Yeah. It was it was awesome. It was phenomenal. Dude, it had like a million plays in like a day. It was it was mm-hmm. wild. So what happened was, we we knew we wanted off Warner before the album even came out because of all this kind of stuff. So, uh, we knew the sync was going to come out. We hit up Warner Brothers. They're like, well, we're going to wait like a month or so to go to radio, which is understandable. I get it. You got to build a campaign. Yeah, but look, if there's some fucking steam behind something. You change some things around it. and jump yeah. on it. They didn't jump on it. Um, fucking nuts. <laughs> it it debuted in the top hundred in on the in the UK charts, and to this day, they felt that there was no incentive to put the album out in the UK. So I think I like just put it up on TuneCore. And mm-hmm. I don't think they knew. I don't still don't <laughs> think. I still don't think they know. Yeah, <laughs> but it was just crazy. we. It was just a lot of these things just like, yo, what are you guys doing? Let's move forward with this. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Come on. And it was just like it was number one on specialty alternative radio for a month straight, like four weeks yeah. straight. I'm like, holy shit. I finally I'm doing this. Like, yeah. it's finally going to yeah. happen. And then they stopped the radio campaign. They just like pulled the plug on it just like that. It was, And there was no reason. It was a lot of these things of like. Hey, we should uh we should get you to cover like five songs for YouTube, like YouTube videos. I'm like, why do we need to do this? Yeah. I have eleven original songs coming out on an album. Yeah. It was just a lot of bullshit. It was a yeah. lot of opinions yeah. that clashed. Um, yeah, so it it got to the point where I remember Kevin called me and he's like, Let's leak the album. And this is coming from like my man. Yeah. I remember yeah. you telling so, me. So we yeah. leaked it. Yeah. I put up a post on Instagram of a it was just like a, a URL. It was like a just a, a link that was like, and the picture was upside down. So you just essentially had to flip your phone around yeah. to read it. And I leaked it because I just didn't care at that point. <laughs> so we got out. We got out. We got out the the. I was, but this is this is the important part. And you guys know how this feels. We're lucky that we got out of the deal. Oh like, yeah. Like I got out. They kept so, they so, kept daydream, so, but that was it. They yeah. let me go. It's like so many people get caught in the trap, the and you over. just can't put out any any <laughs> music or anything. But th- I mean, that's understandable. It's like so. If you've never gone through that, like, how are you really supposed to know what the fuck you can and can't do? Yeah. It's like, you're just, like, feel so stuck. And then... And we have to be honest. We don't understand what those contracts say. No. No. That's why we have music lawyers. Yeah. Because, like, it's a different language. Like, Like, if you're listening to this... Also, who also don't even know it. Yeah, who probably don't know. But how do you... How do you feel like all of going through that experience of... You know, it's you have so much hope that like, hey, like finally, like my dream of what I want is like within reach, you know, and like you were on the cusp of, of that. Right. Yeah. Um, How do you not let that make you feel like what's the point? Well, you know. I'd be lying if I said I didn't let it get make me feel that way. Mm hmm. It's not like it's not like I look at that album as a failure. Yeah. Um, I'm so proud of it, and that that album has weirdly found like this little cult home, which I love. Like that's the kind yeah. of that's the stuff I like about music mm-hmm. the yeah. most. Mm-hmm. I like the underdogs. Yeah, I've always been that way. Um, and it definitely did elevate the band to like the next step. Oh yeah. Which you know maybe it was like it went from 50 people to 250 people for a show. Yeah. Which isn't like. Which is isn't insane, but it's which is great. Which I mean, is this, it's, which was cool. It's, it's at least a cool career. I mean, you yeah. care. Um, it did what it needed to do. 
I do feel like it should have done more if it had the proper support. Yeah. The people who were in charge, but hey, it is what it is. Yeah. There's nothing you do about it. But there is still this kind of jaded feeling in a way where it's like, you know, when you when you feel so confident about something and then the songs that end up getting played on the radio, I personally think are just piles of shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, why is that pile of shit just going crazy? And then this just doesn't work. Like, the, you can always ask yourself those questions, I guess. Yeah. And maybe it's not fair because maybe in my opinion, that quote unquote pile of shit is very special to someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's like, there's a lot of these emotions where like it, I think at the time I was young, I was younger. I was 27. I was like angsty. I was finally recovering from like this awful relationship and breakup. And it was like, that was my punk rock record. Basically. It was just, mm-hmm. it was a lot of angst and there was a lot of angst surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was anger afterwards, a lot of anger. And then it became kind of like this weird sadness of like, well, fuck this. I don't ever want to do Chain Gang again, which I'm glad, happy I went through because that sparked Teenage Wrist. Yeah. And then now there's a whole kind of feeling of like, eh, it is what it is. Like that album, it's like getting close to five years now and more people are discovering it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's weird to see the Spotify plays build. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It's, just, it's interesting how it works. Do you think... Because you know, we, I've talked to you a lot about this stuff, but like, um, when you when you made the, the your last record, do you think that because of that that almost jaded thing? Because you you told me a lot, you're like, I want to make like a pop, I like a pop record, but you're, no, but you're I like, did. I want to make a pop version of what I was of yeah. Chain Gang in a way. And mm. was that your like, well, fuck, if that didn't work or be massive, like, let me go harder into that. In a way, I mean, I think I think it's important. And you guys probably relate to this because you what what are you six albums in now five six six, yeah. and I'm sure when Can't Stop came out, and like after that album cycle, you were maybe like fuck maybe that should have been bigger. And then when you started doing Black and White, you probably looked back and were like well maybe I understand why that wasn't so big, but this one is gonna be like. And then mm-hmm. when you move on to Pioneer, it's mm-hmm. funny I know keeps all your shit um, <laughs> keeps happening. I have yeah. a massive main fan if you don't <laughs> know that. Um, yeah, you kind of keep looking back, but that's progression, that's yeah. growth, and that's mm-hmm. important. Looking back now, I know why Wayward Fire didn't do what I initially at age twenty, what whatever it was, yeah. it didn't do. Same with Daydream. I mo- I went into felt knowing like okay, I've always said no to modern production. And uh, that's a lie because I felt like Daydream Forever was very just fucking out there and the production was modern. That was all Isom. You know, that kid's, mm-hmm. his mind is unlike anyone I know. But um, I went into felt knowing I wanted to make something just, just, just bigger. Mm-hmm. And if it came off a bit more pop oriented, then so be it. But I think I was aware of that. I wasn't afraid of that. So Tom Powers from Naked and Famous produced felt. You know, they've had major success on like indie radio and alternative yeah. radio. And um, he kind of taught me to just change my ways. He's like, don't be afraid of this melody comes off emo or this melody comes off too poppy. Or like, he's like, don't worry if your voice sounds a little whiny. Like, just don't worry so much. And that was my big problem. Mm-hmm. I just like, I paid way too much attention to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so going into felt, it was a new mentality. And I do. See, but then that's a whole other story because that's like <laughs> that's still that question like, well, fuck, why didn't it felt do much? But then that's a whole that's a whole other thing. And I don't even I still don't know. I mean, that record's not even a year old yet. Yeah. yeah. Is it? No. That record's like it came out like mm. seven months ago. <laughs> <laughs> it, that album um, like just came out. You know, I, I, I think that's something and we we like kind of like started talk talking about it before. Before before we recorded, then then we stopped. But um, you know, you were kind of mentioning like, I guess my co- my my question would be is, do you feel more of a passion and connection just for making the records, and then once they're done, like going on tour and things like that, is is that not as much of a passion for for, for you? Because because you you kind of like live in this weird lane where you you know you're a full-time musician 
yet you you tour a lot like you don't go on on the road all that all that much honestly you know um why do you think that is like um yeah i love the writing and recording process yeah. i love the process of building up the album art and figuring out the aesthetic and mm-hmm. what the meaning is and i love that yeah i love playing live yeah i hate touring when it's not connecting mhm mhm i could i get that you know i can't I can't sit in a van for nine hours and drive and get to a venue and there's 25 people there. And that's no disrespect to those 25 people who are passionate enough to be there. I bow down to those people. Um, but I'm not, I'm just not 21 anymore. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's this weird lane where that's the, the biggest question. I, just Changing never connected live from a live from like a touring standpoint. Mm-hmm. And we've done the big tours, you know, yeah. even in, in support of, of felt, we did the AFI tour and the naked and famous tour. Yeah. But after the AFI tour, that was one of the hardest three weeks of my life. Why? And, well, one, a band like chain gang was opening for AFI. So that was a little weird. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, they were, they were incredible mm-hmm. and like, but they were just some weird shows. Like I had like a, like a beer bottle thrown at me one show like that. That sucked. Yeah. Oh, fuck. But then it's like, you know, from there, it's like after that tour ended, it was like another week of just like headline shows, which which we did half of that with the Technicolor Boys, which was awesome. Yeah. But it's just a different perspective, you know, and going back to the 303 thing that taught me how to be a little spoiled, too. Yeah. Because yeah. they were touring on just a level where it's like, hey, we're going to fly here. Oh, hey, here's a really nice tour bus. Oh, hey, we're going to have crew to do everything for you. Yeah. And I had that. But I haven't had that since 2010. Mm-hmm. So now it's just been, you know, seven and a half, eight years. And this all sounds like I'm sad and depressed about it. I'm not. Mm, I'm just, yeah. you know, just yeah. straight, just being straight up. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's just harder. It's harder to do it on that level. Mm-hmm. I think once you kind of, you do reach a certain age. And I still feel like I'm 17. So mm-hmm. I may be contradicting myself. But, you know, you have your comforts. You have your yeah. comforts at home and like you have your routines at home and it's mm-hmm. like, and fuck it. I'll say this right now and I'll be honest. In the entire history and career of chain gang touring, I've never made money. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's kind of wild to hear, but like, and it's not an exaggeration with yeah. all the touring I've ever done. Every show this band has ever played. I've never, I've like, I don't think I've even come home with a dollar. I, I'm like, that's mm-hmm. not even like, I know that's kind of like personal info, but yeah. yeah. But so you have to kind of look at it like that too. It's like, well, why, and, and, why am I and doing this in a way? Then it's you're like, like sitting at home and you're getting I'm these sitting at home. like sinks and you're making money off like, that. No, you're making money off the music. I'm sitting at home and, 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 you know, I've, I've, when daydream cycle ended, I moved into like external writing. So I write for other artists and that's yeah. been super awesome. That's, yeah. that's taught me so much more about songwriting, which actually lended a big hand and it felt. Because I learned to not be afraid of pop from yeah. like the yeah. pop writing for other artists, but there are just a lot of different elements to it. And I mean, if there were a thousand people there at every show, and I had a tour bus, and it was a bit easier, yeah, I'm sure I would fucking love touring. Yeah, yeah. but it's just and it's a little. Do you kind of hard. feel like conflicted because it's like well, in order, to, well, in, in 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 order to get to that thousand people and being a bus you gotta go through the shit to get there so (laughs) how long do you go through the shit that's my that's been my biggest question in life because i see and i think one of the most poisonous things you can do as a human being is compare yourself to other people compare like your career or your everyday everyday life to someone else Mm -hmm. because every every everybody wants what they don't have i mean all that all that i i wanted as i was Watching your plays on Spotify go up and your song on com- on commercials is to have that, you know. Yeah. And I was always greener, but see, I've always I was, just wanted like I was to tour the world like you guys and play these shows. Very envious, of whether what you it's a hundred people or a thousand people, but those that number are there for the main. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like, you know, you guys can tour, but I mean, I don't even know. But so here's the thing: like, I do know because I have done it, so I take that back. But like, I don't know what it's like touring as much as you guys so maybe even though you guys are in a bus and you guys have things a bit easier it's probably still hard it's probably not the easiest thing in the world yeah no but, it, yeah. it definitely has its moments yeah it's, it's just a lot of it's when you're 
personally going through stuff. Exactly. You know, and I can imagine in a van at 30 and going through, <laughs> going through yeah. shit. And it's it just, it's just different. Things yeah. change. But now I find myself, but it is, it's, yeah, it's hard to explain because every situation, every situation is different. And I find myself now really trying to kind of ease my mind mm-hmm. because I've, let so many amazing opportunities just pass by me while I was in them because mm-hmm. I was just too busy being angry. I was too busy being frustrated. Like, Oh fuck, we got to drive nine hours tonight. Oh, this, this, when I should have been like, Hey, so what, yeah. you know, like yeah. this is great. This is mm-hmm. really something special and it's okay. It's okay as humans to feel that way, to be frustrated. That's all part of our nature. Mm-hmm. We're all built that way. But, um, I am, I am teaching myself to just enjoy it a bit more. You know what I mean? Don't be so bummed if, yeah, you're in a van. Who fucking cares? Like, you get yeah. to do that. You know, like, you get to do this. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it it kind of does seem like this is the first time I've maybe put, put this together, that it, it does seem that m- m- maybe what you did do with, with, uh, with 303 kind of caused your headspace to change a little bit in, in that, you know? A because if... If if that hadn't happened and you wouldn't have known, then things just seem, oh, we're in a van. This is great. Yeah, you know, I I got a, I got a taste of like what it could be. Could be, yeah. But, yeah. You know, it's just a lot of things of like, it's like what that band opened for us. Now they're headlining fifteen hundred people in a bus. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so your brain, yeah. my brain, will go to like, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. As a, as opposed to looking at what you do have, that's exactly that's great. and mm-hmm. like that's been like a big learning lesson to shift that, and not think that way. As we we can have really dark minds. Oh know? yeah, the human mind is a oh dark God, place yeah. if you don't train it. Well, especially if there's mm. jealousy. And, of course, and, and yeah. Being jaded, yeah. And, and things. It's it's. I mean, we've all been there. It, mm. it can. This thing can get fucked up, especially if you don't talk about it. Oh yeah, exactly. if you're if you're just holding it in, yeah, and you bad. can you can you can spend months. It gets bad. Yeah, and, and you can you can really people for things that they didn't even do. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you know it's sorry, Halvo, for yelling at you on tour sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's this uh, this idea of um, you know you're you're looking at what other people have and what and what they're doing, and you're comparing yourself. But you're 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 only seeing the very basic level of of what that actually is like, you know. You're 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 only seeing the picture that they're well, posting. You're, you're only seeing all these things. You're building you're, the you're, story yourself when you don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. You you don't know what it's actually like. Yeah. Um, and it and, takes time to learn that. It takes time to yeah. I think teach yourself that. And I had this moment on this last teenage wrist. Um, we just did like these West Coast shows and we, we played in Seattle. It was the last tour and it was like it was like a long three days. It was mm-hmm. like we drove from LA to Berkeley, played a show. We didn't have a day off to get from Berkeley to Portland. So it's just long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like yeah. almost eight hundred miles with no day yeah. off. Just was long. Um and then we played Portland and then I had to go to Seattle. But I was I was tired. It was the last show. I knew we were gonna have like a fifteen hour drive day the next day. So I was a little kind of just like just a little pissed off. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had like local support and I'm sorry, I don't remember their name, but they were so stoked to play. Yeah. Like, I mean, these guys were older than me and they were, they were just so fired up. Mm-hmm. I mean, just beyond like mid song, the bass player, he goes, yeah, they're just so stoked and i was watching and it just like it was a punch in the gut for me yeah because i just wanted to like look at myself in the mirror be like yo quit being such a fucking baby like enjoy it Mm -hmm. just enjoy this because like in a heartbeat it could be stripped away and like you're looking at these people who have this opportunity to get on stage and like I don't ever want to be that person who takes things for granted, especially mm-hmm. the beautiful things in life. Mm. And I'm very guilty of that at times. So it was like this moment where I was like, yo, that's great. Like, this mm-hmm. is amazing. Like, here I mm-hmm. am in Seattle with a band that initially was just supposed to be a side project. And now there's like a hundred people here to see us. What? Yeah. 
on Epitaph Records. On, epi- yeah. uh, on so that's a whole other thing we can now get into. You know, in yeah, it's 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 really a shift in perspective can change everything in in your life. You know, yeah, I mean, I remember like, on this last tour, I was I was I had a really weird day, and it's funny how one person can flip it. Like we were playing on stage, and I was like just kind of in a weird mood. And this one dude was like in the corner and he was crying and he was singing every word. And I was oh, like, yeah. what the? F-? And it like makes you kind of, everything kind of fast forwards through, ever happen. You're like, what did I do to get here to make this guy cry of happiness? Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck? It's incredible. And then yeah. everything's, then uh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. But rest of the tour, I'm fucking good because of that yeah. one person. It was like, it was so cool. It's like the same, just seeing that bass player go, yeah. Like, and it, I mean, it, it 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 really shows you how much is just, I mean, how everything is just in your mind, and uh, how y- y- you're you're per- perceiving things and making up your own stories that are totally false. Because you can have one conversation with somebody, and go from having a week of just being bummed out to then feeling free and like you can take on the world just by hearing someone talk, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which just shows that nothing actually changed except for the perspective of <laughs> how you looked at it. Yeah. Perspective is everything and keeping mm. keeping your mind as healthy as possible. I mm. mean, it's extremely important. Yeah. And I, you know, yeah, there are those moments where it's just down the dumps and it's just, it's truly that moment of just telling yourself, like literally being like, hey, Comptine, like, relax, man. You're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'll drive, like I'll be driving and I'll be frustrated. I think it was even like my drive out here, like I was kind of stressed because someone was like driving slow. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, fuck, I just want to get there already driving. And like, I just like told myself, I'm like, dude, relax. Mm-hmm. What does it matter? I was like, yeah. I literally, my mind was like, relax. Yeah. And then in that moment, I really started to appreciate the weather. Yeah. I yeah. appreciated that like sun on my face, like the music I was listening to. And I was just like, fuck yeah. Like you literally just decided on a whim. Hey, I'm going to drive to Phoenix and hang out for Garrett's birthday. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's great. Yeah. That's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing in life. Yeah. To, like, have. And, like, and it, it's so easy to point out what you don't have and what you I want know. and all these things. And but it's hard. To, you, it's hard you, to like, you forget yeah. how um, incredible things are. I mean, how, how many people are able to even first off afford to just drive somewhere for a, a random vac- vacation yeah. on the weekend or or have the time or anything and like you you've been able to build a life you know like we've 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 all built a life for ourselves where you know we get to wake up and go surf if we want yeah. for the first couple hours of the day you come surfing in and LA then, next yeah. time dude let's do it i'm down all right. um Fun you know but we can we can go we can make our life what we want it to be, mm-hmm. which is, you know, for, for me, I don't, I don't want that to ever go away. And so I'm, I'm going to do whatever I can to make that last. Exactly. We're like, I, I want to live a, a life where I am free to, to do what, what makes me happy. And, um, Dude, I'm going to give you a high five on that. Yeah. Oh, Patrick. But, um, you're going to make me cry. Yeah, that's good though. It's good. No, uh, it's true. It's true. It's just, it's all perspective. Yeah. And, um so uh, yeah with 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 that you know with with you kind of recognizing these things and stuff or going into to teenage wrist um you know obviously it, it it began as just a thing on on the on the side and then you got signed and there were you know i think there were all these like random moments i mean i remember when uh gerard way posted about the song and i feel like maybe that was kind of a kick start into like hey maybe this is actually like yeah. a, a, a an actual thing and um yeah how, do you, how did how did you change uh or did you change perspective like how do you go from writing like electronic kind of what chain gang is to to like this kind of emo punky punky thing like well it's the stuff i grew up on you know like, yeah you know, i was born in 85 so i got to see you know i got to see a lot of those i got to see mtv thrive you know mm-hmm. and and there were so many influential aspects and moments of that and you know i remember when like tonight tonight by the pumpkins was like the video was premiering and like yep. you know when when um when mtv was premiering it was like they played it once an hour. It was for the Oasis single. Uh, do you know what I mean? 
I'll be here now. And it was like, I remember those moments. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, it just, these, these aspects of like, wow, this is a like very, very important, special music. And granted, yes, I did, I did take and apply some of those influences into like what chain gang is. And especially like later into like the chain gang records. But, um, I was so jaded with the idea of what chain gang was at the end of the daydream forever cycle. Like it was literally like, I just want to like spit on it and leave. I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I barely tore it off that record too. Cause I was so mm-hmm. upset at just like how the Warner thing unfolded. I was just like, I'm done. Like this is fucking dumb. This just isn't working anymore. Um, and I started writing just like, you know, started writing just more heavier stuff and just wanted something different. So I went to high school with Marshall. Um, he's from Colorado. We went to high school together and we didn't know each other. We knew each other in high school, but it wasn't like we weren't buddies. Yeah. Um, but I'd always see him. I got, I said, that's that, you know, that musician kid. He's like, you know, he's a music <laughs> dude. I could tell. So, um, you know, our friendship grew after or post high school. We played in a lot of local bands not together, but our bands would play together and stuff like that. And um, I was loving, he had a, he had a project called swing hero that I was loving. It's just like this, just good emo throwback stuff. But um, when that cycle ended, I hit him up. I'm like, Hey man, do you want to just write some songs? You know, I just like, I have this idea. I think we could just, I love what you do. Let's do this. And we spent about six months, uh, maybe a little less, just kind of figuring out ideas. I think the first song we ever wrote kind of sounded like BRMC. Like, it was very different from what Teenage Wrist is now. Yeah. Um, obviously, that stuff never came out. But it was just, we were we, we, we were trying to figure out Experiment what... Experiment with stuff. Yeah, I tried to figure out exactly what it was. Um, and I remember I had written Slide Away for Daydream Forever. It was like an really? idea oh, wow. I had. I had that just, it wouldn't work, though, for huh. Chain Gang. It wasn't going to yeah. work. Cause it was, you know, super, like, you know, Machina and the Machines of God era pumpkins. Like, yeah, it was yeah. like that kind of stuff. Um but I was just like, hey, what do you think about this? And I kind of started playing it. And then that kid is, I mean, you were pointing out, like, dude, he he's insane. He's fucking rips. Guitar player, he's yeah. literally one of the best guitar players I've ever seen in my entire when life. I like, watched, when, I, when, I, when I saw you guys, I was like, what the fuck is he doing? He, he has mm-hmm. alien hands. <laughs> it was insane. Mm-hmm. And like, I, oh, God, man. He, he, he's like low on the neck and then also like doing these weird things. I'm like, crazy. what the fuck? But How he, are you fucking doing that? He just had this way of kind of like, you know, I, I primarily write everything on bass. Mm-hmm. So he had this way of just, it was like, you know, like having the songs written on bass is essentially a blank canvas. And he just mm-hmm. com- comes in with these chords that are just, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even have to like say it, but like he just, he just, emo he, shoegaze. he just, <laughs> he just understands it. And like, we, we definitely have like this. Yeah. There's this influence from like, you know, the, the emo sound, but I think. I think we're getting that reference a lot just because it is like this emotional take on alternative rock. Yeah. yeah. You know, here's the thing, like sunny, sunny day real estate are hailed as like some of the emo originators, but essentially yeah, yeah. it was just a more emotional alternative grunge. Totally. Like, yeah. That's all it was. They totally. just, it's a little more emotion and like sensitivity to it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's just alternative rock. Yeah. Um, I think the same can go for wrist, which I'm not shunning any of the emo. Fuck. Yeah. I love it. I embrace mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Like, give it to me. But, um, yeah, I mean, now, and then we, once we kind of finally figured out what exactly the band was going to be, um, we recorded Dazed, super, like, DIY. We, we, Anthony had been playing with Marshall and some bands in L.A., and we're like, dude, you should be our drummer. Like, you rip. That kid's a crazy drummer. Like, you rip. You're perfect. Let's do this. So we went to a studio and did drums, but everything else was just done in Marshall's apartment. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember, like, moving down mattresses from, like, his bedroom. <laughs> Like to like build a vocal yeah. booth and like we just did it. Yeah. And then um, Parker from that band, Jameson Parker, and like mm-hmm. say anything yeah, yeah. and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. He like he did this record for this band XO that we love. Um, and we were like, hey man, do you want like mix it and like just do some extra production? And like he killed it. And he he kind of helped. It just like became what it was, you know. But it was very much DIY. Like management, chain game management didn't want anything to do with it at the time. It was just like, hey, you do your thing. Like, yeah. in a way, like, leave us alone. Yeah. <laughs> not not that bad. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, so I just kind of like, we we took the initiative. You know, I landed the premiere. We got the artwork. We got the cassettes. We got, we just did everything ourselves. And yeah, upon release day, weirdly, Gerard Wade has tweeted about it. I still don't know him. I still have never met him. Mm. I don't, yeah, but it was cool. Yeah. Um, sparked some interest. Then management got involved. Things started building, started building. We kind of figured out what the band is. And then a lot of bands in like that scene that we love 
started reaching out to us just on a whim. You know, bands that I truly, truly love. I go to their shows. I buy their merch. I buy their their records. Everything. Started reaching out, and be like, "Yo, we love what you guys are doing." And then just this moment of like, "Hey, maybe this is something that we have." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, and, yeah, and and it has to feel good being in a band. It feels great Again. being in a band. It feels because there's a big, not there's a in big laptops, not doing big any. difference between just being you with some guys that yeah. are playing with you as plus like, you know, like this is a this is a band. Yeah, and I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to teach myself the mistakes I've made with everything I've done with chain gang into this. And like, I fully admit I can be pretty crazy sometimes about stuff. Just like I pay a little too much attention to detail. Like I'm very honed in on aesthetic. I'm very honed into language. Mm -hmm. And like, it's a, I think it's a good thing to have. I also think it's a curse. If like you let it, eat your mind well and, yeah. and also it's if you're a, having to work balance, with other yeah. people now yeah, yeah. sure so <laughs> pretty intense i do you know if marshall and anthony are listening you know like yeah. i love you guys don't ever yeah. let my frustration say yeah. else. um they're like fuck yeah you, fuck Cam. this guy <laughs> no but it's just been it's been this really incredible thing to see because i felt like you know chain gang has been a band for 10 years and i've constantly just had to shove it down people's throats in order mm-hmm. to pay attention and we literally haven't had to lift a finger up until now yeah. for Teenage Risk. It was just, we were having fun. We did what we wanted to do. We made songs we wanted to write. Pretty much not caring at all about structures or like, mm-hmm. oh, this doesn't have to have a chorus. Fuck it. I'll have one chorus and we'll just do like a two-minute outro. Like, mm-hmm. we just, we had fun with it. We really did. And I think that was recognized. And I yeah. think yeah. I'm still trying to kind of figure out just exactly how this worked and how now, like, our debut records coming out on Epitaph. Like we are, you know, Spotify has been very kind. We're getting like covers of like the new noise playlist. And like, we were just in the LA times and we now have booking across the world. And it's just, it's very interesting. Yeah. And, and what, what is your ambition with it now? Um, I think still just have as much fun as possible. Granted. Yes. It's a real thing now. And like once it becomes like quote unquote real, you got to realize there's a lot of responsibility. Like now there's like this, you know, there are people's paychecks involved with this. There's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a thing now. It's not just like a, Hey, there's an audience. There's an audience. There's, there is attention. You know, there's a record label, there's management, there's attorneys. It's, it's, that's the unfortunate side of music when you do sign a record deal, because it's like, it can still be fun, but at the same time, it's like, you got to be extra responsible. Yeah. Um, but, I think I mean, do you like how how are you planning on managing the chain gang and teenage wrist? Like, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Like, are 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 you do you do you feel like you have to choose? Like, like, like do you feel like you have to say this is because it, it takes so much to break through with with a band, right? Like, do you do you feel like you have to choose which which one to put your attention on, or do you um, think you can do both? <laughs> I can definitely do both because I have been doing both. Yep. But it's easier now to just focus on Teenage Wrist. And, you know, I'm trying not to be too when, vocal. When, when there's an album com- yeah, coming out. Yeah, album's coming out. Um, you know, we made a record that we're all extremely proud of. And, like, I'm really excited for this thing to come out. Um, and, you know, we're going to be – this entire year will be spent touring, touring with the Wrist. Yeah. And, like, you know, everything's already kind of getting booked. and lined up. Like, it'll be a really fun year. Um, and we want to deliver like Epitaph is the yeah. best label I've ever been a part of. They're just such good people who care, like genuinely fucking care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome when you can see people successfully running a business who genuinely care. Like that's yeah. something I've never really experienced in the music industry. Um, yeah. With the chain gang thing. I mean, I'm definitely want to be careful. Like I don't want to, talk too much about like what the future is going to be for it but as of right now i have absolutely no plan or intention to ever do anything chain gang affiliated like ever again i just don't i don't i'm very proud of it if i i yeah i'll just leave it that as of right now there's no i just Mm -hmm. i'm i'm i pressed pause i just don't want to deal with it right now just it's i'm happy you're having too much fun with yeah and i just think Sometimes you just got to kind of strip something away to, in order to make people care a little bit. Mm-hmm. If that sounds a little weird, but yeah. I mean, I'm very proud of everything sense. I've done with that. Let those songs live on. Fuck. Yeah. Great. Like I love it. Yeah. 
But I mean, right now, there's and no to plan. be to be honest, I you know I I feel as if with with Teenage Wrist, you've 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 captured an energy that the like the that that thing I was saying that just kind of that like magic thing where the the look and the sound and the everything I think it it all the works together it, it, like it, it, it just happened like, yeah not like you didn't try but it's no, just like yeah. it just is you I mean we got which we, is we signed a record the magic part yeah it's we yeah. we got signed having played under I think we signed the contract and we had like twelve shows under our belt yeah. it's like one of those things yeah. yeah you know um no you know I think. I don't know what sets us apart from other bands in the scene. I think, like, I feel lucky that, like, we're kind of being embraced so quickly. Yeah. I think that's really fucking cool, and we're extremely grateful of that. I don't know what we're doing differently. I don't fucking care if we're doing anything differently. We're yeah. doing anything the same. I just want to put records out that, like, are, that are just going to hit people. And, like, mm-hmm. I think that's super important. And we've mm-hmm. been able to connect and... um I think I think what what you're doing is you're is you're being you, and I I think that teenage wrist when 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 I think of you, that is what I think of. That's uh, okay, mm-hmm. interesting. I like that. You know, j- just just looking at you, it's like <laughs> that's that's teenage wrist. You know, and I, I I feel like you. You also are wearing your shirt. Yeah, I'm you're also, you're also <laughs> wearing your shirt. But I am wearing a teenage besides wrist. Besides that, it's very comfortable. I was really fired yeah. up one night. I was just like chilling at home, listening to records yeah. and stuff, and just like just you know having a nice evening to myself. Yeah. And I was just like super fired up. I'm like yeah. fuck yeah, you know, like this band is sick. Yeah. I like I really like yeah. teenage wrist, and I ordered this shirt. I even I bought this shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's not like I like went to the merch bin. That's and, like, incredible. Took it. I literally bought it. I you ordered it from your online store. Forty bucks with shipping. <laughs> Holy fuck! Yes, I I supported I support Yourself. the band. Yeah. Um, wow. You gave the other guys a couple dollars. You know, it's just it's That's awesome. it's look it's fun. Um, yeah, there are stressful moments. I do get stressed with it, but that's only because I care, yeah. and um, I think that that's important, and. Honestly, I just want to do everything I can to truly have as much fun as possible with this. Mm. Like, there we we did we just played LA like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and we sold the show out. Like yeah. that that's something to me. Like Chain Gang in the ten years of existence has never sold out a headlining show. Like mm. not one moment. That's like that's never happened. The fact that. Like we walked on stage at the hi hat in LA, which is like three hundred plus cap. Yeah. And there was like there were people there. Mm-hmm. That's that's like ready amazing. to see the band. Like people were moshing. And like you, that was fucking rad you to be on stage. Don't have a record mosh. out yet. Yeah, yeah. We don't even have a record out yet. So I remember we dropped I dropped everyone off at the rehearsal space that night. Like, you know, I was like, Cool, we'll see you tomorrow because we were gonna drive to Phoenix. And I was just driving home. I was like, What the fuck? With a smile happened? on my face. I was like, that's really fucking cool. You know, that's mm-hmm. I got to cherish that moment. It was mm-hmm. a really great. It was a really great moment, and mm-hmm. I can only hope that there are mm-hmm. more of those. And you know, I think mm-hmm. we're gonna head to Europe soon and like do some stuff. It just it's that's there's awesome. like cool shit. So I I uh, I, I hope that uh yeah I mean I I have a feeling you're gonna have a bunch of those those uh, <laughs> moments with well, this band, and we'll see. I I like want more than anything for like. You you guys to to bring us on tour in a in a in a couple of years and I I bring think it's possible. You guys on tour? Yeah. Fuck you. No, I'm 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 you're, being serious. I we'll, I I we'll, we'll, you, I you I, I um wish yeah like n- n- nothing but the best and I th- I think that you have s- something that um once people find it they're gonna love it and they're gonna attach to it. You, so you're very sweet. So it's the shit. Yeah. Awesome. Let's leave on that. Man. Yeah. Thank I you. Appreciate it. it Thanks fun. for having me. It was awesome. Just how you're having right now. It's fun. Let's go get yeah. ramen. Cool. All right. All right. Later. Bye. <laughs>